Morning to you. Cancer can make us sick. It can touch our flesh. It can even kill us, but it doesn't stop us from singing, does it? No. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, this morning I have a message that I've been praying that I can get through because it's very emotional to me. But And I, I was sitting there praying about, uh, don't get emotional, don't get emotional. And then you did that. <laughs> oh, well, so much for that. Hey, uh, you know, last week uh, Jim preached on uh, a topic that I really appreciated. He talked about crying out for mercy. I mean, we understand grace, but crying out for mercy on an ongoing basis and how important that really is. How amazing it is. And the songs that we sang this morning spoke so much about mercy and grace. Lead us to your cross. Lead us to your heart. The cross redeemed us. And being led to him and his heart is reconciliation to him. Now, Jim had this beautiful picture last week that they uh, gave to he and Abby for being down there. And and they gave us a picture, too. I just want you all to know we didn't get left out. (laughs) But there's one guy in the church down there in Crete. His name's Zeke, which I think is a great name. (laughs) Zeke. I always thought, if I didn't have the name Mark, I'd love to have the name Zeke. I just think it's cool. Anyway, Zeke is a musician and a singer. And he's... uh, He's one of those guys that's, uh, well, you all know guys like this. They're kind of people that have lived close to the earth, you know. Um, they have sort of a common dignity. I'm not going to say that Zeke has led a life that was uh, ex- exemplary. But yes, he did. Both. Both. Zeke gave me a gift, too. I want this back, but I'm going to hand it around. I want you guys to just look at it. You know, feel in the bowl of it and see the marks and the nicks. Look at its sort of both beautiful and common design. It's probably printed out by a machine. And yet it has a beauty to it that, you know, it's all its own. Now you might be wondering why he gave me a gift like that. Well, I introduced Zeke to a song that meant a lot to me. It's called Whiskey Drinking Preacher. And though I'm not, uh, well, I have tasted it. But that's not my uh, particular temptation necessarily. But, But it's a song about things that we don't often think about in terms of God's will for us. So there's a whiskey drinking preacher underneath the old train trestle. Polishing a spoon he found with the tail of his Sunday shirt. And just like Jesus, he talks in parables. And with a trembling, crooked finger, he draws pictures in the dirt. Pictures in the dirt. Sitting on some old blue milk crates is a smelly congregation. And when, dealt, when life dealt out their cards, hard luck came up in spades. The preacher says, I got good news. 
The good Lord loves you and me. Amen, said the hooker and the hollow-eyed boy with AIDS. The hollow-eyed boy with AIDS. Then the preacher prayed a prayer and served communion. Shared some wine, Dale bread out of his grocery cart. He laid a worn-out old Gideon Bible on the oil drum pulpit. And then he preached this sermon we all knew by, by heart. Every sinner has a future. And every saint has a past. So don't let the devil tell you the die has already cast. Because every sinner's got a future. And every saint has got a past. Now, if you get why Zeke gave me that spoon, it's because that spoon represents all that. I mean, think about it. It's a spoon that was designed and made by craft and by art to be something somewhat beautiful and, and, and useful at the same time. But when you have just one spoon, you have to recognize it's been separated out of the drawer from all the other spoons. And it's no longer part of the forks and the knives and all the other things that go in a set of silverware. And think of the family that bought that silverware to begin with. Maybe they started their house together in love. And who knows what happened for that spoon to get separated from the rest of that stuff. Maybe it was treasured. Maybe it was something that was looked at as being a part of what founded them together as one. We don't know. It's just a spoon. It can't talk. But when you look at it and when you feel it and when you see what it's made of and when you know that it's been separated from all those others and now it's just this one simple spoon and it even looks like somebody tried to stir paint with it at some point. There's been hard life that it's been a part of. And for some reason it ended up in a store all by itself where Zeke could come in and buy it. to give as a gift. Wow. You might say, if you thought about it, that Zeke redeemed that spoon. Redeemed it. And turned it into something else. A gift. A gift. And that gift represented some things. Friendship and love. It wasn't intended to be something necessarily beautiful. It was something intended to speak from the heart. And remember that song. Wow. For me, that was so meaningful. So powerful. So overwhelming. I mean, I'd been there every other Sunday for almost a year hoping to get some nugget of understanding out of my lips that God might use this person to have some encouragement, some, some message of hope and redemption. 
And with Zeke, without even speaking a word, spoke more eloquently than I did in that year. Wow. It's just awesome. It's just awesome. And Zeke sang that song for us. He learned it. It was a hard song to learn, and he, he sang it for us. And, and so we had a discussion about it because, you know, it talks about his, this, this concept of a whiskey-drinking preacher, and it mentions the word hooker, you know, and AIDS and, and all that kind of... And, and in the discussion, this one woman, I'm sure she's a dear woman, and I don't mean to hold her up for anything other than just to help you kind of understand. She, she raised her hand and she said... You know, this is all well and good, but we're not used to being around those kind of folks. So don't you think God really just sent us to the folks that we're most comfortable with? The folks that are like us? And I remember thinking, boy, there's an opportunity for a teachable moment. But it was a group of folks, and I didn't want her to feel bad. I didn't want to hurt her. I didn't want to say... <laughs> But what I wanted to say, and I'd already got the spoon in my pocket at that point, I, I wanted to say, okay, let's d- discuss for a moment who's like us. Who's like us? Well, you could say, from her perspective, maybe those are people that have some resources and they're, they're able to be in places uh, away from their home for part of the year where they can enjoy it and love it. That could be people like that. It could be people from Texas. Because she was from Texas. It, it, could be, <laughs> it could be people from down the street. It could be people that are white. It could be people that are... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I know who's like me. Every sinner who has ever walked this earth is like me. And like you. All in need of a Savior. Every one of us. Every one of us. I know there's people that are uncomfortable with the idea of a whiskey drinking preacher because they're thinking, well, there's a drunk who's just being hypocritical and talking about Jesus. Right? No, what there is is a person that knows exactly what he is. A sinner who needs to be saved, who loves Jesus. Think in your mind, have you ever done this? You know, there's the good mark. There's the good mark that goes to church. I mean, you probably put your own name in there. Just so you know. There's the good mark. And, you know, the good mark went to Bible college. And the good mark, you know, he, he, he likes to read scripture and pray. And there's the good mark just loves singing songs on church. And, and the good mark will talk to other people about how good Jesus is. And then there's the bad mark that does all that other stuff. You know, there's that bad mark that's tempted by those things. There's the bad mark that Mark is ashamed of, that the good mark is ashamed of. There's the bad mark, right? And the bad mark gets to do all the bad stuff that's a lot of fun. And the good mark, you know, he stands over there and says, oh, man, that guy's a mess. Good thing there's the good mark. Because the good mark is saved. Hallelujah. And the good mark is good. You know what? There's only one mark. There's only one mark. And I'm all that stuff. I'm all that stuff. 
And hallelujah. God says, Mark, I know you. I know you. You know that stuff you put over there in the bad mark category? I know all about that stuff. I've known it from the beginning of time. I've known it. Others have known those things you're tempted by too. You walk by them all the time. You sit in the church with them every Sunday. They all know what that's about too. And I'll tell you something, Mark, as long as you think there's two of you, then my reconciliation is going to be difficult because I redeemed all of that. I redeemed all of that. Think of it this way. There was one time when God looked down in the world and he said, man, that place is a mess. It is a mess. All they do all day long is sin, 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 sin. There's not one, well, there's Noah. But there's not one that follows after my way. There's not one that seeks after what I am going to be about. There is not one that seeks holiness and truth. There is not one. I'm going to wipe them out. It stinks. It's awful. And I am upset enough that I'm going to wipe them out. Think about that. A holy and loving and dear and full of grace, full of love, God wiped them out. Now there's some people who say, yeah, it's God for you. Capricious and angry. No, he's not. He said there's Noah and his family, and I'm going to save them. I'm going to save them out of this coming wrath. I'm going, to, I'm going to start over with Noah and his family because they at least walk with me and know that I am. I know he's not perfect. I know what he's about. And the earth got that way again. And he looked at it and he said, oh, what am I going to do? But he knew what he was going to do. But go with me in just this dramatic moment. What am I going to do? He knew from the dawn of time what he's going to do. He said, look, I'm going to be reconciled to them. I'm going to be reconciled to them. Now, reconcile is a nice church word. It's also a nice legal word. Any of you who have been through divorce or, or a separation or any of those kinds of things, you know what reconciliation is intended to be or can't be, right? You know that wall that reconciliation can be. Reconciliation, you may have heard it in terms of a uh, business setting. Um, you may have heard it in, in, in other settings. But reconciliation basically means is that we're opposed to one another. We have no longer any relationship. We are absolutely apart. There is a bridge that has been torn out, and now there's a gap that exists between us. And the only way across that is to be reconciled to one another reconciled to one another. God says, you folks have no way to get across. And you don't even want me. You're doing your own thing. Now some of you are saying, is he talking about me? Or is he talking about them back then? Well, I'll let you decide that. You decide that. But God said, there's no way for them to get to me. So he said, I'm going to be reconciled to them. I'm going to cross across that bridge and that gap. I'm going to, I'm going to go across. I'm going to, I'm going to step out. I'm going, to, I'm going to 
separate myself from the luxury and beauty and amazing reality of heaven, and I am going to separate myself from my actual uh, overwhelming being, and I'm going to go down and live among them. I'm going to reconcile to them. I'm going to step out, and I'm going to go up to my enemies and those people that are separate from me, I'm going to love them so much that I'm going to step across this gap of reality and I'm going to live among them. I'm going to be tempted in the same way that they were tempted. I'm going to face all the things that they face. I'm going to experience all that stuff. And I'm going to be the one person, the one person who lived without sin so that mankind can be redeemed. Because there's that meaning in the meaning of the word redemption, or, well, redemption or being redeemed. If, if a person is just a horrible, awful person and they do one really good thing, somebody can say, well, that sort of redeemed his life a little bit. The world is such a horrible place. This one man came and lived among us, God, and he redeemed mankind. But he redeemed mankind by paying the price of sin, sin leading to death, sin that had no possibility of being taken away. It was, we couldn't do anything on our own behalf. And so he said, that's okay. I'll do it for you. I'll redeem you. And I'll be reconciled to you. I'll make peace with you. I'll, I'll come close to you, even though you are giving me offense. I'm going to push right through that offense. And I'm going to go right to your heart. Go right to your heart and make you different. Make you different. Now, in Corinthians, the fifth chapter, second Corinthians, the fifth chapter, Paul wrote about this because I think he of so many people recognized the reality of what this was all about. He talked about how Jesus, recognizing that, you can read this, it's in your bulletins. We'll, I'll give you a verse here in a second, but I put the whole chapter in your bulletins if you want. He's, he starts off by talking about how we're in this earthly tent. This earthly tent, uh, this home, this place that we live, this body that we've been given, this, this jar of clay. And we groan longing for something better and, and we... We put on this tent because we don't want to be found naked. We put on all these things. We put on the good mark. Or, the, or maybe we put on the bad mark because it's just simpler. We, we have all these things and we groan and we're, we're burdened and we're swallowed up by life. But he says that he came. Verse 6 says, We are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For as we walk by faith, not for we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body than at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. For we all must be, appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Near, therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord. We persuade others. But, we are, but what we are is known to God. And I hope it is also known to your conscience. 
we are not commending ourselves to you again, but give you, giving you cause to boast about, boast about us. This is Paul speaking to the people that he's been preaching to. So that you may, know, you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearances. They're good marks. Those who boast about outward appearances and not about what is in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right minds, it's for you. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all. Therefore, all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we, regard, we no longer regard one another according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He is a new creation. All those things you could identify yourself with, all those things that you once were, all all the other spoons in the drawer, you're a new creation. You've been made into something else, a precious gift, a precious testimony of the love of the redeeming, reconciling Lord. We're a new creation. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. But behold, the new has come. Now here, that's all right. All of that was introduction. And we're done. No, we're done. I have just a couple more things. All this is from God. This is verse 18. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What? He gave us, he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He gave us that. He said, here, this is what I am. I am life. I am redemption. I have made peace with you. I've taken all of your sins away. I, I love you. I've, I've reconciled you to myself. Now here, you have this ministry of reconciliation. What does ministry mean? It means go and tell. Go and tell. Sure, you've got some bumps and bruises. Life has been tough. That makes you a good minister of reconciliation. Sure, there's been sin in your life, and it was difficult. Some of it still lingers, and I reconciled you to myself. Go and tell you're a good minister of reconciliation because you have been reconciled to me. God did it. We couldn't do it. God did it. And he gave this to us. 
as our mission and our ministry. Wow. He's not saying go out there and be perfect. Go out there and be what you are. Go out there and be what you are. Love Him. Seek Him. Recognize that there's only one you. And I don't mean that in the terms of a uniqueness, though that's true. But there's only one you, not two. That's been made one through reconciliation in Him. This is from God. Who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ... God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Tyler often would lead us in a song, and you guys probably remember, and it had that one line in it, something about, I, I, you drink me up even though you can't, I can't stand my taste. How's that, how's that go? Is that close? Yeah. I, I can't even... You, I can't even stand my taste. And yet you drink me up. That's reconciliation. That's reconciliation. Not counting the trespasses against us and trusting us to this message. Entrusting us to this message. In, think of this, the God of the universe who wants this message to get out that you, you can be saved and reconciled to God. You can have fellowship with God. You can set aside all that stuff because I've taken it away. You, I entrust this to you. This message of this wonderful grace, this message of this amazing redemption, this message of reconciliation, I entrust it to you. I entrust it to you. I love you. I've done this for you. I give this to you. I'm giving you this most amazing message this most unbelievable gift and treasure, I, I entrust it to you. I entrust it to you. Then what? What do we say? Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. We are foreigners in a foreign land speaking the good news of a wonderful king. God making his appeal through us. God making his appeal through us? Whiskey drinking preachers? Yes. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And what And why shall we do that? For our sake. He, God, made him, Christ, to be sin. All of it. All of it. Every bit of it. Every bit of it. He made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 
Heavenly Father, this is such a great and overwhelming and powerful gift from you. We want to cry out, mercy, Lord, we're unworthy. We want to cry out, Lord, not us, not us. I can't possibly. You know what's inside. You know what I don't share with anyone else. You know what's in the darkness of my heart. You know those things, Lord. You can't be talking about me. Enlighten us, Lord. Show us that not only is that so difficult to comprehend, it is exactly, exactly what he wants, what you want us to know and what you want us to do. Lord, if we need to be reconciled to somebody here today, then let us practice reconciliation by going to that person and say, please forgive me. Can we come into reconciliation with one another? That we might understand reconciliation as God intended? That we might love one another as God intended? So that we can be ambassadors of Christ in this crooked and perverse world that we live in? Because, Lord, we know we need to be reconciled to you, and we pray that all the time. Help us be reconciled to one another so that when we go from this place, we can help others be reconciled to you. So we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Be encouraged in the Lord. Have a great week. Thanks.